Oh, it's your favorite time of the week. All your work is done, and it's time to relax. So come, grab some friends, and let's get lit and join the rotation. You are now in the rotation with Suncoast Normal. We are your host, your Suncoast Normal Executive Board, and we say it's time to legalize it. It, 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 we're live. We're live, Gary. Oh, okay. Indeed. Yeah, go ahead. It has nothing to do with like prostate problems. No, that's okay. that's okay. that's not the buddy that I pressed. If I want to end the live okay. stream, and that, does that mean that we're on? We're on. We're that, on. That yeah. means that <laughs> it's time to rip off the mask, get to the task, and jump into the rotation. It's time for our Sunday rotation. With my, myself, <laughs> Gary, the political director for Suncoast Normal, my co-host, Carlos Angel Ermida. Hi, everybody. I'm Carlos. And from the Beltway, Christopher Cano, the man you know, and the name you know. Whatever, whatever your, your, your slogan was, it was a good one. I can't, that's why I can't remember it. It's, it's Cano, the name you know. <laughs> I apologize for, for not being here last week, but uh, the, the wife was getting ready for hip surgery, so I got a call out, a, a shout out to the wife who's home by herself. It's not easy for most folks to have to recover from uh, hip surgery, and of course nowadays they kick you out after about a day and a half, which is really unusual compared to what it was before because of COVID and insurance and things of that sort. And of course she's blind, so it makes it even harder for her to, re to recover. So a shout out to her and and and, and her recovery. Anybody who has her on her Facebook, go ahead and, and give her a shout out. Let her know that you, you care because I do. And that way I get a chance to use my bully pulpit to kind of spread the word. But uh, speaking of blind folks, this is interesting. Well, we had this lady speaking over at the, uh, in the house not too long ago, Bertha Madras, Dr. Bertha Madras, who we affectionately call Dr. Bertha Madnas. Now, Dr. Reefer Madnas. There you go. Uh, basically, she was talking about how THC causes an increased amount of psychosis. There's a couple of problems with, oh, with, with her presentation and what it has led to. First off, oh, this shit again. Yeah, it, it's 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 what she's what they are actually listening to and what they're actually dealing with, and it's just not true. Number one, she had a study which says the number of people who claim that their first uh, first time psychosis had to do with their increase in use in THC. Problem is. We don't have any study anywhere that verifies that lowering the THC level in medicinal cannabis reduces the amount of end stage uh, or early stage psychosis. So how can you say that it will work when you have no basis that it will work, but you're willing to put a policy in to put a cap into THC, and yet we have no verification that it even even work if you even try. But think about the damage that a THC cap can do at this point in time. Because we are no longer in the early stages where we're just starting to use medicinal cannabis. We've been using it for quite a few years now. People rely on it. Uh, my wife has, has decided that she was not going to use any opiates whatsoever. And that's something that we, uh, we deal with in our house. We, we are definitely a no-opiate household. So what do you do to deal with the pain? Can you do it? Does, I, does ibuprofen and, um, and Tylenol and, and aspirin? Or if you need something stronger, and oftentimes you do because it's, it's surgery, what do you use? Oh, well, if we don't want to use opiates, 
there is a good alternative and a non-addictive alternative, and that, of course, is cannabis. And if the levels that she needs are above 10%, and yet they're not selling 10% anymore because of a stupid law, we are injuring somebody who does not need to be injured. And that is why we have to be careful when we start to say, well, we believe that it causes psychosis, so we're going to back off, and so therefore we're not going to have access, not giving people access that they believe in. I mean, we've heard the expression prescription strength, right? When you're talking about a medication you could buy over the counter, and they, and they say it's prescription strength. But why do they have to say that in the first place? Because if something is medicinal, it usually has a stronger, stronger strength than you would normally be able to get in other places, like in over-the-counter medicines. You need to have a stronger, a higher amount of medicine in order to achieve the result that you need. Well, everybody that who uses cannabis right now in the state of Florida, of which there is now over, drum roll, 500,000 patients in the registry here in the state of Florida. We originally had decided in 2016 that we were going to cap out at 550,000, but we just aren't stopping. It, it is still growing and growing and growing, and it's going to go far beyond 550,000. Crazy. There, there's more than 500,000 people that need this medicine? That's What's right. Crazy. People are using it for cancer. For very serious situations, Crohn's disease. I have seen people who actually have come out of hospice because they started using cannabis and could have died from their Crohn's disease. They already had, you know, pieces of their uh, their, their lower intestine already cut out and things of that sort to try to save them, and nothing was working. But cannabis did work. Do you really want to take away the medicine that works for these people? Almost say, like look this for something plant. else. But <laughs> we already know other people, other things didn't work. It's almost like this plant is the best thing for human health crazy how you know i don't want to say i told you so guys what well, you would think right? <laughs> you would think but speaking yeah. of you would think gary you would ah. think that someone from harvard would have uh you know a, a much more august um resume behind them uh in in actually have research and facts to back up their assertions but instead dr madras is peddling uh, this this myth that THC causes psychosis in conjunction with her good friend Kevin Sabet from Smart Approaches to Marijuana. So yes. just pointing out who these people are, and these are the movers and shakers in the new prohibitionist movement. You know, being totally against cannabis in any way, shape, or form is a losing political battle for people. You know, the cannabis uh, across the nation have really stepped up, you know, a pediatric use of cannabis for serious debilitating medical conditions. You know, no politician wants to look a mother in their eye and say, you know what, I'm not going to give you the opportunity or the, the, you know, even the chance to, to try and save your child. So now it's all about, well, the cat's out of the bag. How, how do we rein in the existing systems? This is not just happening in Florida. And that's what I want the listeners and the viewers to know. This is happening all across the country. National Normal is attempting to thwart these efforts uh, in the state of Washington. Uh, they're popping up in state legislatures, anywhere where they have a majority of, of, of people who you know will lean towards prohibition. Um, in, in, that is a major concern for everyone because if they're able to start chipping away at people's civil rights uh, through these you know, various forms of caps and legislation. It's only a matter of time before we return back to the old system when they say, oh, well, you know, we tried this experiment and it didn't work. So, you know, and then they reamp the war on drugs to an exponential level, uh, unlike what we've seen in the past. Now, we just saw somebody who talked about uh, being saved by, from non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, just one of the many in, uh, <coughs> 
uh, uh, conditions that cannabis actually works on. Uh, my good friend Bob Spinella, who, who with his wife had this company called Just Truffles, that was that had, had gotten cancer a year and a half ago. She he he got a, a buttload of RSO from Move and managed to get through it. And now he's in remission, and now he's fine. Now he's back to teaching middle school. And it, if it weren't for the this particular medication, he would not be with us anymore. It, that it, it is just that simple. And they're they're trying to to cap the the percentage in concentrates too, right? Like it's not just just exactly flour. Right. Like where where are they capping the percentage in concentrates? They're they're capping the concentrates at sixty percent. Ah, now okay. yeah, where they come up with that number? Well, partially the, the the part that they the part of their brain that they sit on, but the other part is the fact that they were just coming up with with, with any kind of number lower than the current That's percentage that is out there on the market. That is that is where they came from. That is where they decided. You know. Where is the science that says if you reduce the amount of THC in concentrates, that there's going to be a reduced uh, uh, incidence of low, uh, of, of early onset of psychosis? There is none. There is none. And they're claiming that there's a study out there that says that there's more cases of early psychosis when there's high THC. And yet it is not a solid study. It just isn't. They, they have, have skewed the data and they have, and they have gotten to a situation where Correlation does not meet causation at this point in time. I'll give you another example. Uh, Dr. Madras, in her presentation, talked about an 1895 study done in a Bengali asylum, asylum where Jeez. they took a bunch of people who were already uh, institutionalized and said, what substances did you use before you were, before you were institutionalized? And 40% said they, they'd been using cannabis at that point in time and 10% alcohol. And so, therefore, she came to the conclusion that even back in, in 1895, that people were getting psychosis from uh, from cannabis. Bullshit. But Gary, I'm Gary just, yeah, work. just to point, plus, you know, poke some holes in that, when you say Bengali asylum, are you talking about on the Indian subcontinent? That's right. A, a, so, a, so we're talking about a study by the British Empire while they were occupying India and, yeah. and the people that they had in their insane asylums uh, had all been rounded up and previously had ingested cannabis, which, by yes. the way, is, is part of the, the local culture's uh, customs and religion. Correct. But like, mm. like, the, like the drink Bahang or Bang that, that is used in Indian culture is, is a milk drink that has cannabis in it that is used for festivals and things of that sort. It is a common part of their culture. What is not part, part of the culture is usage of alcohol. And one thing you no. mentioned was that 40% used cannabis, 10% used alcohol. A good portion of the, of the Bengali Peninsula at that point in time is also Islamic, and they don't use alcohol. Mm. So it's not so. surprising you'd have less people using alcohol than you would be at cannabis and that there'd be more, more cannabis being used culturally, but it doesn't automatically connect. And one other thing to poke what, one last hole in the thing to make it big and wide is that at that point in time, the definition of psychosis was different too. Mary Todd Lincoln suffered from depression, but they called her mad and they institutionalized her. Nowadays, she'd be listed as having depression, probably gave her some well butrin and send her home. It, mm. it, the whole idea of, of psychosis is different than it was then. A lot of people who are considered mad in today's standards would not be considered mad. One, one more quick uh, uh, example is there was a gentleman, by, a French doctor by the name of uh, Charles Bonnet, who diagnosed a situation where if people lost their eyesight in midlife, they would start getting hallucinations. Well, they have verified the fact that's because of the fact that when the eyes are no longer sending data to the brain, it, it pulls stuff from the memory cortex as opposed to the visual cortex 
in order to, uh, to move forward and keep the brain stimulated. So therefore, you're actually getting hallucinations that your brain is actually developing. But the person is not mad. The person does not need to be institutionalized. But in 1895, that person would be institutionalized as psychotic. Today, not. Otherwise, my wife well, would be an institution. Well, you know, you, you have to look at the, the racist motivations behind scientific studies of the 19th century in many cases. And we're talking about the British Empire here. Well, it's interesting enough, the connection between the British uh, research on uh, THC causing psychosis and Dr. Madras's supposed research, um, you know, looking at where she's drawing a lot of her data from, it has now been shown that the British research uh, that went on around THC and psychosis was actually because of, uh, you know, dirty politics in their own system, that they have uh, the exact prohibitionists and people fighting uh, to prevent medical marijuana from becoming widespread in the United Kingdom actually have, um, you know, vested interests in the actual industry, in Bayer Pharmaceuticals, in GW Pharmaceuticals, and in seeing that they actually corner their medical market when things hit. So you have all these studies uh, in the UK coming out that a lot of people in America don't take the time to read. Uh, but it, it, the fact is, is that now we're seeing the reefer madness in the bad science from the UK being utilized by Harvard professors here in America. And that's just, it, it's poor research. I mean, I don't care if you went to Harvard or not. You had, you know, <laughs> any state university education, uh, educated researcher can poke holes in this and, and show that this is just bad studies and bad science. But that doesn't matter to politicians in Florida. If science matters, we wouldn't still yeah. be arguing <laughs> over let, over science curriculum in this let, state. Let's take a moment just to inform everybody because we got people freaking out in the comments. Where is this 10% cap at? Well, like, we're, we are so glad you came here today to freak out just for us. <laughs> but here's the situation. There are two bills currently uh, up for, uh, for, for committee. Uh, one is HB 1455 that is put out by... Representative Spencer Roche. Oh, you can call him Roche, but you know, get a, people are going to get a good laugh out of that because it's, Roche is doing a regulation of cannabis bill. But the fact is, it has in it two major uh, things. Number one is the cap of THC, both in flour at 10% and concentrated 60%, and also to prevent any more advertising by cannabis doctors uh, on, regular, on regular media, which is something that they have for a long time... Uh, needed best desperately because you don't always get the, the word of mouth enough to get your customers to you we only have a little over two thousand uh physicians across the state and we have 500 and almost 520 now thousand patients so that's you're talking about one doctor out there for like every two thousand people in florida that really is not enough and they, and they have to they have to advertise so you're going to kill their profession they're going to stop people from getting into the registry and this basically is a bill that is meant to to bootstrap the industry, to uh, they cut off their, their feet and throw them into the ground, and that's basically what it's all about. Now, so so the Senate has passed it, and no, the House no, no one has Nobody's passed it. Passed it. it. And they just got filed. In fact, they were one of the last bills to be filed. Okay. Now, normally the last bills to be filed are usually the last ones to go into committee. But what a surprise! After Florida for Care did such a good job and got together thirty thousand signatures on a letter stating we don't want the cap. What was the very first bill of that it has to do with cannabis that got all of a sudden agended into a committee? HB 1455, the last bill that was filed, and, and the one that, that they saw a ton of, of a push, a pushback against. Obviously, that petition did nothing 
other than to increase the, uh, the legislature's interest in moving this forward. Because on Tuesday, it'll, it'll be the one bill that's being put in front of the professions and public health uh, committee, which used to be called uh, health, pol uh, health quality, I believe it is, uh, in the House. And interestingly enough, it's at 9.30 in the morning on Tuesday. In order to be able to speak, you have to register to get in three hours prior to the meeting, which means you have to be there either at 6.30 in the morning or earlier on Tuesday to register to get in, or you have to come on Monday night and stay overnight in Tallahassee, which not everybody can afford to do because they uh. have to stay at a hotel or be like me and sleep in your car and hope the cops don't uh, pull you over. Well, actually, they don't pull me over while I'm sleeping. They just kind of like knock on the window and say, excuse me, you are right, all right in there? That kind of thing. But uh, they, yeah, you, you don't want to sleep in your car in Tallahassee. They tend to kind of pick on you. They pull you over while you're sleeping. They pull you over while you're sleeping. It's, it's really that's bad. That's kind of bad, yeah. It is bad. Yeah. So we have one bill coming over for its first out of three committees, and that is uh, Roche's bill on uh, 1455. There is also a Senate bill sponsored by Senate Senator Ray Rodriguez of Fart Myers, um, <laughs> and his bill, his, his bill also has not only those items in there, but the strangest, the strangest thing I've ever seen where he's talking about all MMTCs have to register the amount of CO2 emissions coming from their grow, both, uh, and, and put out a monthly amount of milligrams now, are they working on a carbon tax of, of some kind? Gary, can I pause you there for a second? Gary, can I pause you there for a second? So just to be clear, you're saying that a senator from the state of Florida wants to know how much CO2 plants are kicking out when yes. they breathe carbon dioxide. Yes. And this is a guy who wholly supports the sugar industry who – does put a lot of CO2 into the air when they burn their crops to, to uh, peak their uh, their cane pickers from from getting bit by snakes. And, of course, the major amount of phosphate runoff that the, the sugar industry has done to Lake Ogle and has made it into a nice little soupy green oh, piece. I mean, unless oil. they're using gas diesel generators to power the lights, what possibly could there be in, in wanting to study the CO2 emissions? Like what, what danger do plants have of, of kicking out CO2? They breathe out oxygen. I, I, my, any sixth grade science student would have the hardest time understanding what this senator is trying to accomplish. I think some of these guys must have been high when they're writing these bills. <laughs> I, I, mean, I'm not, and that, I mean that in a nice way, of course. But like, it, it and we're sense. the ones that are high? Well, like, yeah, no, I'm high right now. What? There was, there's a certain uh, policy they have in politics which is always leave them something to get pulled off kind of situation, which is what, what they, they do often. My very first job when I was, when I was a kid was working as a ice, working in an ice cream parlor restaurant called Farrell's ice cream parlor. And at night I was told by one of the OGs there that uh, basically when they come by to check to make certain that your station is clean at the end of the night, always leave them something to find so that they can point that out and say, clean that up. Because if you don't, if you do such a good job that there's nothing for them to find, they'll keep on looking until they find it. Mm. So yes. leave them something to find. So this is the same kind of situation they have with these bills. Always leave something in there that they say, all right, tell you what, if you don't like that, we'll, we'll, we'll get rid of that. In the meantime, the big bugger in the room gets to stay. And that is as what they did this last week with the, uh, the bill in regards to the COVID uh, relief bill. They put the, uh, the, the minimum wage bill in there to have something to pull out. So they can say, oh, look, we managed to change that bill. We pulled that one thing out. 
and therefore we're, we're okay with the fact, but they might just screw people by changing the, uh, the amount that you can make in order to get the full amount of the uh, compensation of the $14,000. It's a diversion. It's just plain a diversion. I think they're going to pull the CO2 thing out. And uh, in regards to the uh, other bill for the house bill, they might just pull the advertising for the doctors as well. So that people, some people will say they thought they made a difference, but in fact, what they're still trying to do is basically push the cap. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I do want to stay on this, this issue because I have issue with, with Senator Rodriguez um, after conversing with our bill sponsors and other normal chapters across the state last week, Florida for care. Um, it seems that Senator Rodriguez is giving us a hard time around employment protections. Uh, essentially he, he wants to, he, he doesn't feel like there's a need for it because there's no actual research data to back it up. And here's the issue with that. Who is collecting data on who they don't hire based off of, of THC uh, positive drug tests. No employer is keeping those records. No em unemployment agency is keeping those records. Um, you know, short of the anecdotal evidence. And then he wants to know how many people in Florida is this going to affect. Gary, how many patients do we have again? Over 500,000. 500,000. Good Senator Rodriguez. If you want to know, it's going to affect the lives of over half a million Floridians. Hopefully enough of them are your constituents to vote you out of office for being absolutely inept on this issue. But should you choose to see the light and come to Jesus, Allah, Buddha, or whoever spiritual enlightening figure you may need in your life right now, the fact is, is that THC caps and denying a hearing on employment protections are not the way to go. That is not what you do. That's not how you serve the public. That's not how you serve the people of Florida. There are over 22 million people in this state. Clearly more than half a million, as we see on these growth rates, uh, have you know medical conditions where they need access to this. One in three Americans have utilized cannabis. So just to be clear, there's over 100 million people in this country who have smoked a junk before, and many of them regularly. And in the words of the immortal Peter Tosh, Judges smoke it, doctors smoke it, nurses smoke it, lawyers smoke it, legalize it. There you go. <laughs> the songs of the that was so beautiful. That that songs of the prophets. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's gotta it's it, it's gotta be a breaking point for some people. Like you're talking about his constituents, and like if there's enough to vote people out of off vote him off out of office. But I mean, like it's it's we've talked about this on the show before. It's so important who we actually vote into office, who we actually appoint to make these laws. And yet, like I mean, I I'm willing to bet he's a conservative Republican. And mm -hmm. I, I doubt any of the Republicans that watch this, sh that, that smoke weed care if any of the people they vote for actually, you know, uh, uh, care about uh, the American people who are actually smoking or actually need this. Like, it's just disappointing to me. Well, I, I remember back in 2017, I was sitting there in the gallery of the house. And Ray Rodriguez said, I want to point out some very good people in the audience here today. I want you to meet assemblers up there in the corner we want to thank them for all the good work they do for the state of florida with their treatment centers and their scare and their straight incorporated which caused how many teenagers to commit suicide uh in, in the effort to go ahead and fix their addictions both to uh to drugs as well as possibly even homosexuality that those kind of things that were going on in in uh, in straight incorporated and the assemblers who make their living off of 
off of the treatment centers want to make certain there are as many people possible that get arrested for this. Now, one gentleman posted the other day, he said, I don't see how they can do this. This, this will not be enforceable. It's totally unenforceable because if they, if they catch me with stuff, they won't know what the percentage is. Here's the deal, guys. Public use of cannabis in the state of Florida is not legal. So if yep. they catch you with cannabis that, that is not sealed, that does not still have your name on it from the dispensary and you're on your way home and you're not using it in your car, you will get arrested and then they'll test it. And then they'll mm -hmm. find out that what you have is black market as opposed to, to actually uh, from the MMTCs. But of course, if you don't have MMTC packaging, they can automatically arrest you. Mm -hmm. And that means three times as much if you happen to be a, a person of color. Yep. So that brings up a good point, Gary, because, you know, with the advent of um, CBD being able to uh, be sourced from hemp, with um, Delta 8 THC now being able to be sourced uh, from legal hemp, that, that presents a problem for some folks who may not understand uh, consumption laws, who, you know, who may not understand, you know, the, the, the current possession laws uh, in that, oh, well, I'm good. I, I just bought this, you know, I, I just bought this from the, the local head shop or, hey, I bought this from a tobacco shop or, you know, hey, I got this at the gas station, you know, and, and the fact is, is that if you smell it, it's fire in many cases. I mean, you, you they're, they're selling Skittles and, and Applejack and, and all kinds of strains now with Delta 8. Uh, uh, you know, they even got, I think, like a Delta 8 Jack Herrera hemp source one. You know, so, so uh, you know, the caution for folks right now in, in essentially what we call a gray market in that it's not illegal. But there is no formal legal protections around utilizing it. So we have to stress to all consumers, be smart, be responsible um, and, you know, follow the script. If you were are arrested, you know, it, it, there's a um, very good, um, simple script to follow. <laughs> you know, why'd you pull me over? Am I being detained or am I free to go? And if, if the answer is not you're free to go, shut the fuck up. That's it. That's the only rights you got in that situation. And by all means, if you happen to be have a, like a CBG or CBN uh, hemp pre-roll in your possession and you happen to be smoking at the time they pull you over and they smell it and you don't have a package on you that says you have a hemp pre-roll on you, they will arrest you because they can make the assumption that it is not CBG or CBN or, or hemp pre-roll. And a lot of times they will be right because the black market is three or four times the size of the illegal market here in Florida. I was actually say it was a lot more than that because countrywide, you, you have a, a $15 billion industry uh, that is the, the black market here instead of in the country, whereas the, the illegal market itself is not even 10% of that. Yeah. So, Gary, I'm seeing comments coming in, you know, home grows what we need. People want employment protections. You know, uh, uh, there's a laundry list of positive bills that, that we could just touch on very quick that that are in the Florida legislature right now. Uh, employment protection. You so know, it's not all all drab uh, percentage well, caps. Like there's some we, hope here. We advocates well, what, have worked we very may, hard to put We may not all be fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, at this point in time, we we essentially at the if they go through with their agenda right now, which looks like they're going to fast track the uh, the, the cap bill, uh, and possibly you know drop things along the way so they can get to the end to the uh, the end zone with the TAC cap still intact, then we're screwed as as an industry. It is going to destroy what is a billion dollar industry here in Florida. We are the third largest industry uh, cannabis 
sales industry in the, in the country right now, even though we don't have adult use. Yep. The other employing two employing us, tens of thousands, tens of thousands of people's jobs are, are on the line here. You know, the, the livelihoods of, of, you know, countless people. I mean, you can count them up. They're not countless. But the, the point is, is that it's it's more people than necessary that, that need to be affected by an arbitrary public policy. When, when here's the issue, right? We're, we're, we're trying to stop THC caps. Um, there's also another bill out there to um, take away pediatric use rights. Right yeah. now, if a sick mom, if a mom has a sick child, she can get two doctor's recommendations you know, to agree in order uh, to have access to pediatric use for high THC products. There's a bill right now to eliminate any pediatric use of any high THC. And, you know, you look a mom in the eye with a child with brain cancer and tell her, oh, well, you got to use this CBD source help. You know, she has every right to slap the taste out of your mouth. You know, it's just it's ridiculous. But here's the dichotomy, right? You have these two negative bills that are being pushed by the leadership. I want to be clear about this. These are chairmen. These are the leadership of the Florida Republican Party in the state legislature. I'm just going to call it out. I'm not trying to be partisan. I'm calling out who it is, what it is, and why it is. And then looking at all this positive legislation, much of which yours truly right here, Gary, uh, uh, myself, Carlos, uh, the other uh, uh, normal members and board members across the state have been working on employment protection, a patient's bill of rights, expanding the number of qualifying conditions, creating a homegrown system that's politically viable, adult use of cannabis, expungement for past uh, simple possession crimes, a, a horizontal industry expansion, uh, uh, allowing for uh, telehealth recommendations and longer periods between recertification. And then, of course, free medical ID cards uh, for our veterans here in the state of Florida. That is nine key positive legislative points that are not going anywhere because of the current leadership in the Florida House and Florida Senate. But what is moving is THC caps and revoking the rights of children uh, to use this as a medical treatment. Also, Senator Broder has a bill that was that's being fast-tracked right now, which basically says that they're going to remove from Schedule 5 here in the state of Florida any product that has, a, as part of its formulary, a uh, cannabis product that is approved by the FDA. Now, there's not too many cannabis products approved by the FDA right now, except for Epidiolex and, uh. and, and Sativex and, and, and Marinol. And those so we got three. GW Pharmaceuticals, Bayer Pharmaceuticals, all, you know, trying to get in and corner the market with, with these bills. Now, now what, what do you say is possibility that smart approaches to uh, marijuana? That Kevin Sabet, we're coming after you, Kevin. Uh, that verbally, God, verbally. If Kevin Sabet's walking down the street in West Tampa, his, his pedestrian rights are revoked, Gary. We are revoking that man's pedestrian rights in the West. I'm sorry. We're not, we're not coming after you, but don't you come for us, buddy. Well, I can <laughs> tell you that Kevin is probably one of the most pedestrian people I know. <laughs> but the, the thing is that Kevin is a doctor of medicine at University of Florida in their uh, – <laughs> Was it, is it toxicology or whatever department? He really doesn't fit in to the or no, it's psychology. The, the, the University of Psychology, psychiatry there. He doesn't fit into that particular aspect. What he does fit into is the fact that he's a shill for the pharmaceutical industry. And he has been doing this from the very beginning to, to try to stop the cannabis industry from moving forward because guess what? He gets paid when the pharmaceutical industries do well. 
And that is basically what Senator Broder's bill is, who also has, they also have backup bills on the House as well. Mm-hmm. And they're moving those forward much faster because the industry is paying lobbyists to move these pieces of legislation forward because that is how Tallahassee rolls. Well, you know, and that's the thing that we're going up against. You know, Gary, you volunteer your time as a board member here, uh, as our director of public policy, both on a state and, 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 and grander level. And, you know, like you said, you're, you're sleeping in your van uh, as a volunteer trying to make this happen. Meanwhile, we're going up against organizations that have billions of dollars in their war chest and they can pay millions of dollars for high end lobbyists and consultants. This is the fight that we have on our hands as the voters of Florida. And, and, you know, that's why your contribution to this fight, if you're listening, if you're watching right now, means so much. You know, we do not take a, a, a salary. We don't take checks for as much as Gary wished that he was paid to do what he does. It, that's not what we do. We need resources to make this fight happen. You know, we got to put gas in that van so Gary can get up to Tallahassee. We got to yes. make sure that, <laughs> that that we can at least put him up in a hotel so he's not, be, you know, being detained by the police before there's a, a hearing in the morning, you know. And these so tickets are from Salvation Army, just so you know. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, Gary's rocking the Salvation Army suit, suit man. <laughs> so, so, look, it, 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 what we really need y- 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 y'all's help on is to become a member of Suncoast Normal today. We really need you all. If, if you can contribute, great. You know, if, if, if you don't have the treasure, then your talent can make all the difference in the world. We got a lot of great things up, up on the horizon, uh, membership events that we're doing, some, some really fun events um, you know, as things uh, start to reopen and the economy begins to reopen, doing socially distanced and socially responsible uh, events in a safe manner. And so there's a lot of great things that you can collaborate on uh, with us. And so, you know, if you want to get involved, you know, shoot us a message, hit us up on the website. If you become a member, we have a, a, our own social network within our membership network on our website. So you have the opportunity to connect with other Suncoast Normal members uh, and to really build the cannabis community the way it should be um, here in, in Florida. But all in all, team, uh, we do have a major battle on our hands. I and mean, that's why you see this, the title of it today. Um, it's not all gloom and doom. As I said before, there's a lot of positive things moving, but we do have the chips stacked against us, which is why we need to go all in together. I mean, we may have to do a trade off and say, all right, we will listen to your cap uh, arguments. And for goodness sakes, please explain to us why we have to be concerned about the CO2 coming off of cultivation. (laughs) I really want to know what the motivation and the science and the impetus is for that particular bill, other than the fact that you may have uh, eaten something that day that have really drove you crazy, possibly some ginseng weed. (laughs) Maybe what it is, Gary, is it really is getting ridiculous. Like they're literally like this is the point that they're at and trying to prove that marijuana is bad. Marijuana is stealing your oxygen, guys. Marijuana is going to take all the oxygen out of the atmosphere. We must make sure that it does not replace our oxygen with CO2. And and the party of conspiracy theories (laughs) are the ones that are making, making the policy. Then we got some problems. (laughs) <laughs> well, let, let, here's the good, here's the interesting thing about the Florida GOP, and I want to be clear, is that they are very adept at looking at their opponents and the other side and using their talking points against them. So yeah. to Carlos's point, why would conservative Republicans attempt to, to 
you know, prove climate change is being caused by marijuana grows, right? <laughs> well, so, so they can, so they can get li enough liberals, just enough to defend so they can keep winning elections because the margins in Florida are razor thin in many, many areas. Here's another one, you know, it, 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 as far as, um, you know, they always try to, uh, the, the whole pediatric use issue, right? Nobody wants to harm children in the world. So that's always what we're constantly fighting is, is uh, oh, well, we're going to pass this legislation. How are we protecting kids? And I'm like, well, kids. your kids already smoke weed. So what are you doing as a parent to prevent it? Because the industry isn't even around, you know, you know, in, in a form. It's not like someone with a SpongeBob backpack and Skechers uh, light ups can walk into a dispensary and be like, yeah, let me get some, uh, you know, some super sticky sour and some of those gummy bears. No, that's not how it happens. You know, a regulated industry has IDs. It has, you know, locked doors, security guards. I got to say, too, guys, like there's a lot of comments going in about like we got it up on the on the board here where it's like back to the black market. People yeah. thinking that they're smart for going back to the black market. But I just want to stress this is exactly what they want. They want to arrest you for marijuana. So. Yeah. I mean, don't think you're smart for buying your weed illegally, guys. Like, this is what we're trying to prevent. We're trying to make sure that you don't get arrested anymore. If you go and you buy your weed illegally, we're back at square one. Well, you, that's a great point, Carlos. You, you create the argument for them to increase police budgets. You know, last yeah. summer, the Black Lives Matter protest, whether you agree with Black Lives Matter as an organization, is something different. But Black Lives Matter protests across the nation restarted this conversation about how policing happens. Why are the police so militarized? It's because of the war on drugs and the war on terror feeding into each other. So you have all this hardware coming back from Afghanistan and Iraq that police departments are able to pick up. Why does the LAPD need laser rifles? Why do they need tanks in, ta in the Tampa Police Department? Right? Why? Why? <laughs> you know, it, I've it, never it, heard it, of a laser rifle. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, sorry. Some of the high end stuff is, is really hard. Yeah. Like, like they're they're now shooting minorities with lasers. Yeah, um, pretty much. I mean, you got ray guns to shoot to, to beat people up with in, in the LAPD now. You know, it, the point being is this, y'all. Jewish um, lasers from outer space. <laughs> yeah, well, there's that, Gary. I, I don't, I don't know where those 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 space lasers are coming from, but it, it, what I was saying earlier about them using the tactics of, of, of their opponents. You have this bill now going through Florida called uh, House Bill One, HB One, and this bill will essentially criminalize a lot of. Um, protesting. It will even allow people who organize protests that for some reason may turn violent. The, the event organizers themselves will be hit with RICO Act charges, uh, which are punishable by up to 30 years in prison. So the fact is, is that they're trying to create this dichotomy of showing that any dissent of the state power in Florida, meaning the state Republican Party, will be criminalized heavily and we will put you in jail any way, shape, or form we can about it. And we're going to let people who disagree with your protests run you slap over. So think about it like this, whether you agree with Black Lives Matter or not, you know, and, and that's a small margin of people, believe it or not, you know. But what happens when they come for you and your issue? What if you want to protest over cannabis in the Capitol and now it's okay for someone to run you over? So I, I want you to understand is that they are chipping away at our civil rights on a multi-pronged approach in Tallahassee right now. 
And whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, you need to wake up and see it, especially if you're a Republican, because these are your elected officials that are in charge of this state and that have been in charge of the state since the 90s. And don't forget, at 71.3% of the population voting for Amendment 2 a couple of years ago, obviously this is a bipartisan issue, that, that there are so many people who are in the GOP, who are using cannabis, who are saving their lives by it, and yet we are still dealing with the politics of distraction. And by politics yep. of distraction, is something that, that Chris just brought up. The very first bill they wrote this year was is HB1. Now, in the, in the Senate, in, in the... Uh, in D.C., their first bill of the year was for the People Act, which has a lot to do with voting rights and things of that sort. In the state of Florida, HB1 is the Riot Act, which basically states a number of things, including the fact that if you are involved, if you're in the area of a riot, you can be a vigilante if you want to and start shooting people if a riot breaks out, among other kind of things. And this is a draconian bill at, at best. And our... And, um, in anarchy at its, at its worst. But the fact is, they want to distract you away from the fact that they are trying to push this bill forward. So what would be a better distraction than to throw out to a lot of the liberals that they're going to put a THC cap out so we take, take all of our efforts and we shove it towards trying to stop that bill while they push HB1 forward. Mm. That's not an unusual tactic for the state of Florida. Not at there all. It's happening right now. So we're going to take away your rights to protest by getting you mad over us attacking your weed. So it's a, as you said, it's a multi-pronged approach and people need to wake up and take action. Uh, there needs to be serious action around this. There, we need not just protests, but, you know, everybody's inboxes. You need to be leaving messages on every single elected official's inbox. There's 120 uh, members of the Florida House. There are 40 members of the Florida Senate. And then there's the governor of Florida. That is 161 phone calls. Now, I think over the course of a week, you can stretch that out. You can make five phone calls a day. You can make it happen, you know. But look, contact your immediate state representative. Let, let them know the ones that you elect, that you vote for, and let them know you're not happy with either of these pieces of legislation. Any chipping away of our civil rights is wrong. The, Gary, they're now trying to chip away at our voting rights, where if you vote by mail, they're now going to force you to sign up for it every single year. They, they want to take away the abilities of, of, of these poor public policies and the servants who implement them from actually being voted out of office by making it harder to vote for everybody. I mean, it's bad enough as independent. There's a lot of elections I can't even vote in because if without without open primaries, there are there are elections I just don't have the ability to vote in at all because you know, I, 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 like, I like prefer to stay independent so I can go ahead and criticize both sides equally. Yeah. But, but the fact is they are take putting out policies that are actually uh, designated to stop one particular side from being able to vote and therefore push the other one. The gerrymandering situation is one thing. They're trying to fix that right now, but the fact is we are we have one of the most highly gerrymandered uh, maps in the country right now, thanks to, thanks to the gerrymandering that was done back in, was 2016 was the last one they did it? With, 2011. Uh, 2011. 2011, okay. Yeah, so the way it works is every 10 years there's a census in this country. The year after the census, the, the Florida legislature essentially meets to draw new districts for the legislature. The problem is, is that whatever party is in power are going to draw districts to make sure their party stays in power. 
which is why we have some of these districts that don't make any sense where they encompass six and seven counties. And it's like, well, what do the people in that county have to do with the people six counties away? They, they don't have the same climate. They don't have the same uh, uh, issues. You know, and, and the fact is, is that we see it not just on a state level. We see it at a county level, on a local level. And, and this is the year that you're going to see a, a lot of those fights. We thought we fixed that as a people when we passed the Florida Fair Amendments uh, of Fair Districts Amendment, uh, what was that, 2012 that we passed that law? And, and it has not been honored. And, and this is really going to be the real test. And this is why resources become important. Um, you know, if you're not willing to get out and volunteer your time, you can't volunteer your talent, then your treasure is, is, is what it's going to take. You know, essentially, if you're not going to get in the game yourself, then write a check. You know, and let your let your money do the talking for you. But all in all, you got to get involved in the game some way, somehow. If you don't have the money to get involved, you can volunteer your time just like we do. Like I said, if you got some great talent that you can add to the organization to make things better, we're, we're, we're welcome you with open arms. And we welcome everyone. Look, you're sitting here right now watching a Jew, a Catholic, and an atheist on a podcast together. All agree we should legalize it. Come on, y'all. Well, Carlos, you're Jewish? <laughs> <laughs> Lehiam. <laughs> yeah, but we, but we obviously we have a situation going on this Tuesday morning at nine thirty in the morning. If you want to know how to get in there, how to be able to speak, we'll show you how to do that. Just give us, just text us an email. Go to uh, uh, suncoastnormal.com or, or contact us on our Facebook page, and we'll let you know how to do it. And by all means, become a member because number one, you get this really really neat pin. Oh, wrong side. There you go. <laughs> My maple thing. leaf bin here, which you can't barely see, but anyway, that, that's that, a that, marijuana leaf, Gary. That, that it yeah, it's, it's that's weed. Well, I call it my flag bin because the first flag was made out of hemp cloth, but yes, that's definitely what it is. And you can get one too, as well as one of these neat Sun Coast normal masks, so you can yeah. you can uh, save yourself from COVID and save yourself from hell oh. by having one of these masks. Keno's got the the membership card there. There you, you go, and, and the card. card. You would be a card carrying member of normal. What a sense of pride! But we but we definitely need your help because thirty thousand signatures <laughs> sent to the leadership of the House and the Senate did nothing other than to ask to accelerate. And I love Ben Polera and Eric and all everybody that they, 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 who works over there at Florida for care. But be honest with you, that petition did nothing but more than just fuel the fire at that point in time. It didn't really go to your particular legislator. It went to the it went to the leadership. And the leadership looked at it and they said, all right, let's move this forward. And that's exactly mm -hmm. what they did. So contact your legislator. Let them know that I am your constituent. And if you are representing me, this is what you need to know about me. This is, you know, that I need this medicine to survive or I have a relative who needs this to survive. Yep. Well, you know, Gary, we, we've added a legislative tracker to our website to help folks stay up to date with the latest legislation, what's going on. So if you go to our website and you check out the legislative tracker, um, Carlos can post a link to that here right on the screen. You have the opportunity to actually follow where this bill is going. Uh, there's some links on the website you can click uh, to actually contact the members of the, uh, on the committee and ask them to vote no uh, you know, up on the upcoming hearing this Tuesday. Uh, you know, it, here's the thing about it. The votes are not there to stop any of this legislation, even if we got all the Democrats united in the state house. The, the Republicans still have uh, a close to a super majority. It is going to take those of you who are Republicans who live in Republican controlled districts to actually sway your legislators to block this and to stop this. 
Uh, otherwise, it is going to happen. It is going to go to Governor DeSantis' desk, and he is going to sign it. And then we're going to be in a world of hurt moving forward if we don't stop it now. These next three weeks are going to be the most crucial for the future of Florida's cannabis industry. I can't be there this Tuesday because I still got to be rehab nurse for, for my, my lovely wife because that is the way the system is right now. But I've given you some clues right here as what you could say if you want to go be there. But definitely you need to be there if you can. And I'll be there with you in spirit. I have already written quite a few bills, so I've gotten a lot of things, uh, good things moving forward. And hopefully you'll join us on those as well. But we got to get rid of the bad stuff so we can move on to the good stuff and not forget the good stuff because the bad stuff is a distraction. It is a way of taking you off guard and we don't we're not going to let you get off guard because we are sun coast normal and we are on your side i, I guess that's it i guess that is it <laughs> we, we, we we've used our hour of ranting and <laughs> quite frankly i'm exhausted i need more coffee just to get home but we have a lot we have to do and we want you to be with us on it so become a member be part of the change and be safe be kind This has been The Rotation, and you have been a part of it. You can be a bigger part of it by joining Suncoast Normal. Suncoast Normal is an organization that can help you make the change that we all need. Go to the Suncoast Normal website and become a member, because that is how you become part of the change. You can find The Rotation podcast on both SoundCloud and iTunes. But you can always join us in the rotation at suncoastnormal.org. At that very website, you can join the cannabis movement by becoming a member of Suncoast Normal, gain access to cannabis events, cannabis info, Normal's legal network, and even a free membership to National, all by joining Suncoast Normal. That website again is suncoastnorml.org. You can also find us on social media at Suncoast Normal. Uh, find us on both Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you, Gary, and good night. Good night.